With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome to the Asylum. Now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Thank you, Mark LeMay. We are the Asylum. Welcome back right here on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com. I am Rick Briggs, my partner, Rick Flieger, and we are here for, ah, man, I tell you what, this is two days before we go to Canton. Absolutely. And I can't wait. Uh, it's just one of those... I kind of like the class this year. It's a little more low-key. You know what I found interesting about the class? But by, check us out at, on Twitter, at AsylumFootball, AsylumFantasySports.com, AsylumFootball at gmail.com. There's all the plugs. That's just we're raring to get into it here, yeah. so we'll just hop right to it. This seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rick, what's interesting for me, this Hall of Fame class as opposed to others being a fantasy sports show, being a fantasy football show. This is the first class where it's sort of there's a couple of guys in there who are really a part of the boom of fantasy football. I mean, LaDainian Tomlinson was kind of the tip of that spear. You can go back to Marshall Falk, and he was several years ago, I think. He's in, right, Marshall Falk? Well, yeah, I think so. He's certainly in the asylum. Oh, well, yeah, we fantasy know he's in football that one. Thing. You know, I mean, I can remember when – you know, playing fantasy football, Terrell Davis was right. was relevant, and who else was in there? Well, Kenny Kurt Easley, Warner. Kurt Warner, obviously cost me was. a season. He was the first and last time I have ever drafted a quarterback first in fan in the first round of a fantasy football league. So I can thank Kurt for that while we're out there. Taught me a painful, expensive, but valuable lesson about putting all your eggs in that basket. But really, LaDainian Tomlinson, and that's what's interesting, and I'd like to discuss it with him when we're out there, was really the tip of that spear. He was the guy when it took off. Yeah, you've been playing fantasy football since the mid-'90s. I started you know, fairly early. It was way ahead of it, you know what I mean? Right. But when it took over the world and you didn't have to hide it and be embarrassed by it anymore – that that is when you know Ladanian Tomlinson was that guy. He was the guy, and so I think you're going to start seeing more and more and more of that. And so I'm I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to talking to a guy like Tomlinson. Yeah, you and me both. I mean, this is going to be just interesting. I mean, we have, uh, and I tell you what, I mean, playing fantasy for that long. Morton Anderson was one of those yeah. in, in leagues that you had to have a kicker. He was just a a staple. That you knew you were getting your 115 to 130 points every year with that guy. He was he wasn't going to miss. Either. No, that was a thing. Um, what are your thoughts? I'm just all over the place here as, as I'm getting set up. I'm seeing more and more a movement, uh, a push on, on Twitter and in other places, and in doing. You know, I've already done several drafts here as leagues are are starting to get rolling. There's a real movement eliminating the kicker position from fantasy football. Even from your your home base leagues, there's options to do that on the on the major sites now, just not not just on my fantasy league and those type of sites. I actually I I'm kind of in favor of it, but I had a feeling you might feel differently about it. So I was just curious where you were at on that. I wouldn't mind getting rid of the kicker and the defense and adding another flex spot. But I'm curious what you think as a commissioner. I be honest with you, I used to really like the kicker because, let's face it, there's not nearly as many dome stadiums, you know. Well, I guess there are. I guess there were. But it didn't seem to be – well, no, Indy's in a dome. Indy's a Seattle's dome. a dome. Detroit's a dome. New Orleans is still a dome. New Orleans. Um, of course – Miami, Tampa, Jacksonville's Fairweather, San Diego, I guess both L.A.'s. Right. Um, you know, 
Houston's in a dome. I knew we were missing Who? one. Houston. Yeah, Houston's dome. And technically Jerry. Well, not technically. Jerry World's a dome, too. Right. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, there, there's more domes. It, it just – I don't know. There's not a whole lot of weather factors other than your Pittsburgh's, Green Bay, obviously, Buffalo. Um, it doesn't seem to affect, you know, New England, but nothing ever seems to affect anything <laughs> to do with New England. But I don't know. I don't mind a kicker, quite frankly, but I can see where people want to get away from it. As far as the defenses go... They can be game changers, Rick. They can be game changers, and I don't mind IDP, um, to be honest with you. But I don't want to get rid of the... You know, if you want to add another flex, that's fine. But it's basically you're just... Adding another wide receiver yeah, position or another running back or, or whatever. And in a PPR, I think the more flex options you get, I think you're muddying. We, we make this argument all the time, and, and that would be my argument. But I'd like to see us at some point, I don't know if we could ever pass it in the Caveman League, see us get away from PPR just by the fact we have you're, – you're going PPR, you're going three wide receivers – plus a flex position, and it almost it pulls the dummies closer to the people paying attention because you're just throwing so it throw much crap would, against the wall. I would kind of like to sit down and, you know, maybe actually put four, instead of just saying, hey, do you want to get rid of PPR, maybe grab, like, um, you know, some of the elements of the Scott Fishbowl scoring mm-hmm. and throw and try to mold it into – and then I'm very kind of, intrigued by point. And then send you know put it forth to the league. Then take a look at it. Right. And, and let's see, you know is there anything that you want to tweak or something like that? Because yeah, I agree with you. I think the that's I. To be honest with you, I think that's why I like kicker and defenses because it adds a little bit of a nuance to it. I mean, if you happen to have. A guy, say you have Goskowski for New England, and they happen to want to run the score up to forty-eight, right? You know, and and you're you're getting a lot of points. Well, fine, good for you for picking him. The only thing I like I about mean, the kicker is it does make it easy to identify the dummy in your league. And every year, in every draft you're in that involves a kicker, there's the guy who took Goskowski in the. 12th round right and then they'll turn around and look at you triumphantly best kicker in the game yeah, all right yeah. good for you good for well, you pal yeah the you defenses know. i agree with you and they can make a difference and depending on your scoring settings you can see defenses get up into 15 20 points what a was game. that i can't remember what year it was that one outrageous defensive year the, the cardinals right we made them the mvp of the fantasy season that year when you looked at the number yeah i mean i I can't remember if I had them that year or I don't somebody. Remember. I mean, but it, yeah, they were game changers. But no their doubt. versus their competition numbers out outweighed anything. The best running back over his next highest competition quarterback right. wide receiver. It was by a wide gap. What the way Arizona outscored. So I like the deep. My problem with kickers and why I wouldn't mind eliminating it is I don't know when this happened. It seems to have happened quietly. And while they, they do all these things to seemingly make the kicking game easier, it seems, you know, we talk about moving the extra point back and all this. It seems to me quiet. Yard field goals become a chip shot unless unless there's weather concerns, right? I mean, we talk about when somebody misses a kick badly, misses a kick they shouldn't, but over and over again, routinely, these guys just don't miss. As you know, as, I forget, I can't. The percentage was well, near ninety. What they're making as a league from 50 yards and further. So that sort of takes the nuance out of the kicker position. Yeah, but look me. at look at the amount of missed extra points. Right. Just last year. Well, if you have minus 2 for that. Yeah, I think you know, it, it makes You a almost difference. make it more punitive if you're going to have a kicker. Maybe that's the solution. If if you like the kicker, if you can't get it past to get rid of it for whatever reason, you make it more punitive on missed kicks might be the way to go. So that's where there's not going to be a huge point value for making kicks because they're making so darn many kicks all the time. But if it's really punitive, if they're missing kicks, now you have to actually spend some time thinking about your kicker. Do do you ever think about your kicker leading up to a draft? I know I'm thinking it in the last round. (laughs) And I walk up there, and we still do the caveman league old school. People, we're going to show just what rubes we really are. We still have the board with the – 
the stickers and everything. I, I don't think anybody even does that anymore, Rick. And you go up there, and I have no plan when I walk up to the draft board. You know, it's the 16th, 17th round, whatever it is. And at this point, I'm drunk out of my mind, obviously. I find the pink stickers because kickers are always the pink stickers. No matter what draft kit you buy, they're always the pink stickers. And I grab one, and I slap it on there, and I don't know who my kicker is until week one. It's just, It's gotten to that point now. If it was very punitive, I don't think there's enough separation points-wise on what they're going to accumulate as far as points. But if you really assigned a, a heavy punishment for missed kicks, missed extra points, then you'd have to pay attention a little bit. Yeah, that's true. There's no doubt about that. Okay, here we go. There's, um, you see, and I think this is where some of it comes to play. Baltimore last year, um, they attempted um, 10 50-plus field goals, 50 or 50-plus field goals, 10 for 10. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. Um, Washington attempted um, seven. They were three for seven. Um, of course, you know, you get these updates. Cincinnati, 0 for 3. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's some that are just not good. Chargers, 0 for 3. I mean, they only tried three 50-yarders. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that doesn't bode well for confidence in your kicker. Um. I don't know. There's just some out, something out there. I mean, I kind of like the kicker, but I can see where people w- would want to get away yeah. from it. I don't know how we just spent 10 minutes on kickers. I apologize. If you're still listening, we'll move on. Let's do some headlines. What are we doing tonight? The AFC West preview, right, Rick? AFC that, West. Too. But let's start at news this morning. Uh, Scott Fish crying in his Cheerios this morning when he hears that Jay Ajayi got dinged in the head. He is out of camp here for the next few days in con- concussion protocol. So hopefully nothing that's long-lasting, nothing, you know, he didn't tear a, a ligament of any type. But when Ajayi news comes out, you have to talk about it just so, so I can push the button. Well, so. yeah, and, I mean, let's not uh, let's not blame all this love on Scott Fish either, Mr. Ajayi sitting yeah. across from me yeah, too. Yeah, I've, uh, I, got on, I got on board with that. Ajayi. And then Scott sort of emboldened me with it, and it, it raised it to a level even a little <laughs> higher than I had it, and I had it way too high. Guess we got to talk about it, Rick. It doesn't mean anything now. Curious what your thoughts are long-term. Ben Roethlisberger back at it. Says he is considering retirement at the end of this season. Not as an analyst, not as a fantasy football guy, as a Steeler fan. Are you pushing the panic button yet? No, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, uh, I have nothing to do with what they do. It's They've had years to bring somebody in to groom behind him. Jarvis Landry's 28, 29 Landry years old. Jones. Or Landry you Jones. Why do I always do that? Every time I know. I do that. Call. You did that. We were up prepping for the yep. Hall of Fame in Studio A. We were back in there for a little while, and he talking about Jarvis Landry for 20 minutes. I had no idea <laughs> yeah. what the hell he was talking about. Yeah, I about. thought you liked him. I'm sitting here destroying the poor yeah, guy. No, Landry, Landry Jones just- is going to be like 20. He's 28 years old. He'll be 29 next year. And still looks like he has no clue, really. No, he's yeah. not a starter. In no, he's NFL. he's not. And and they've had, they've had their chances to to draft people to make deals to bring somebody I in. I thought they'd do it this year when Deshaun Kaiser was sliding down the draft board. I fully expected yeah. them to go after a guy there, knowing. That while even I think even at that point had Ben was still being sort of non-committal, but everybody knew he was coming back for this season. But I think you have to believe there's two things at play here. Ben Roethlisberger likes the attention. He is a bit of a drama queen. I get all that. Oh, no doubt about it. But at a certain point, when a guy starts talking about it this frequently, it's well on his mind. And some reports here out of Pittsburgh. Well, you know, one one comment from him is, you know, he wants his kids to be able to see what he does and remember who he was, basically. But he wants to remember who his kids are when he's 70 years old. And a lot of reports that his wife's sort of leaning on him a little bit. So you factor that in, 35 years old, enough money for the next four generations, little kids, body's banged up, he's beat up, and now the wife's leaning on you. I think it's probably a better than 50% chance he does retire at the end of this season. And it's been reported that he is nothing but serious. There's no funny business, even this early stage of camp. 
Let's get moving. This is it, boys. I Feels mean, like an all-in from him, it's, right? It's, yeah, it's it. a real Let's sense of urgency. And, I mean, if the Steelers want to stay in, in denial that he's not going to come back. You know, let's face it. He makes it the AFC Championship game and they lose again. I don't think it matters to him. Like, oh, I got to come back and get that third one. That might be the one chance he does come back. I think if they have a really rotten season or if he misses uh, you know, more than his normal four to six weeks every year with injury – or they lose in the AFC. If they have a really rotten year or they go out and win the Super Bowl, he's gone. It's over. He's done. You know, that would be the ultimate way. Do it the Jerome Bettis way, right? Go out, win right. the title, announce on the podium, peace, I'm out. You know, maybe an AFC title loss, you know, if you could keep New England within 30, which they've struggled to do versus them in AFC title games. Maybe that keeps the juices flowing, but I, I think it's a better than 50% chance he's gone. What's it mean for Antonio Brown for you going forward in the long term if you're talking to dynasty folks? Well, he certainly starts to plummet. We saw what happened right. that stretch um, when Ben was hurt a couple of years Two ago. Two seasons ago where his numbers just tanked. Yeah, when Landry Jones was at the helm, Heath Miller had to tell Antonio, you know, nip it, Ben will yeah. be back, let's just keep your mouth shut because he was really getting frustrated. I kid, I would see, I would see that this offense really starting to – disintegrate people leaving you know probably i mean or you're at least wanting to leave yeah you wonder what uh, it would mean for a levy on bell although they, i'm not they don't com- come up with some some sort of a stopgap measure at quarterback yeah. this could happen I, mean, I don't know a lot about him i can't imagine dobbs is the guy possibly i think he'll get a shot but you know they need to start looking looking long term tell you what though it's not an easy thing to do right no. i mean ask cleveland ask the Jets as you know, so many teams that are that one you know even think about Arizona as good as they were they did it with patchwork with Kurt Warner now yeah. with Carson Palmer bringing in I wouldn't call Kurt Grizzle Warner Bennett. patchwork but he was certainly in the twilight of his career but my point and- is he wasn't the career quarterback there for the Arizona Cardinals they sort of they picked a guy who yeah he was, was a hall of famer off the scrap heap basically and he had a resurgence there and that's the kind of level you're going to be in if the Arizona Cardinals had a Ben Roethlisberger they'd have three Super Bowls yeah yeah I agree there's no doubt about that and it's not easy to find quarterbacks you're absolutely right I mean look at uh I just look at the messes that are out oh, there right everywhere. now Denver Houston uh, you mentioned the Jets, Cleveland. Um, what kind of what kind of hands are Pittsburgh in if Ben goes down? Cincinnati if Dalton goes down. Right. San Diego or Los Angeles, Los Angeles. if Phil Rivers went down. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's on it's tough to find, and that's why I'm sort of disappointed that in the last couple of years they really haven't put forth the effort to try to procure one. Yeah, why don't you go and get your Aaron Rodgers? Right, like the like the Packers did with with Brett Favre, and it was much to Favre's chagrin. And I don't know what kind of guy Ben is in that way. I'd like to think he would be more of the mentor type, but I don't know that. But Brett Favre had a hissy fit the entire end of his career about it. But hey, sure. it all worked out. Go out and get that guy. I don't know why they won't do it, but. Let's get uh, back more fantasy-relevant. Rick's Ravens signed tight end Larry Donnell. Crockett Gilmore is now out for the season with a knee injury. Guess we're not going to find your fantasy tight end in Baltimore this season. No, and I put out a tweet. In fact, was on a discussion yesterday morning. Um, well, I take it back over the weekend in the morning. I was sitting around drinking coffee and got in a discussion with a guy. I mean, does no one in Baltimore have Gary Barnage's phone number? It makes you wonder what's going on there. Maybe I mean, not he, healthy or he something? has vocally said that he's ready to go and would like to start in Baltimore. And apparently they don't care. Uh, and, you know, no disrespect to Donnell, but, I mean, I would venture to say that probably 90% of the NFL teams, given a choice, okay, you have to have – a tight end right. for one year. I bet you Gary Barnage wins that I one. I can't believe he's still floating out there. I really honestly can't. That's a surprise. So, yeah, I don't think – now, 
you have to pay attention now if it ends up being Larry Donnell and if Joe Flacco ends up being all right, which we really haven't discussed dealing with that back injury. Right. Sounds for all the world like he'll be back for week one, but I worry about it. I read somewhere on Twitter today that whatever treatment he's been receiving is you know, an indicator of a serious disc issue. It's some sort of steroid injections they were giving him or something. So this could be lingering throughout the year. But if you have Joe Flacco at the helm, he likes to use the tight end. You well, look, he likes look at to Dennis use Pitta. Dennis Pitta. Right. right. But if you give him that type of target with their lack of weapons on the outside, I know they brought, they brought Macklin in. But with the lack of what they have around it, he's going to use that tight end. And so maybe Donnell were the late-round flyer <laughs> if he ends name. up being the guy. Yeah, I mean, we just never saw Crockett-Gilmore break out when, no. when Pitta was hurt before. But, yeah, the chemistry him and Pitta had was phenomenal. Look, Ben Watson's, what, 36, oh, coming I, off Achilles? I'm surprised I mean, he's that young, to he's be honest. He's a decent I guess depth guy, but I can't imagine they're relying on him for the year. You sure wouldn't think. Yeah, so. I mean you have to pay attention to Donnell late round. So while we're talking about where it seems like we're stuck in Baltimore here, that's yeah. a terrible place to be stuck. Trust me, I spend plenty of time there. Kenneth Dixon out for the year with that yep. meniscus tear. I'm surprised that one put him out for the year. You don't oftentimes see the meniscus being a season ender, but well, they didn't think it at first, and right. they went to do a little repair surgery, and it was, it was much awful. worse than yeah. first thought. And now he's out for the year. So there's an you know there's a guy I had ranked fairly high. In my early season rankings, he was going to have the suspension early on, which was holding him back a little bit. But you really you looked at it as a guy we talked we we spent a good part of one show on him what he does in the passing game. He just passed the eye test for me. You put him out now. Yeah, I think it's a – who's it a bonanza for? Terrence West obviously moves up. This is all assuming they don't bring somebody else in, which they're likely to. I mean, there's talk that Ryan Matthews is certainly going to be cut. There's the rumors of Carlos Hyde being cut. You're going to be big-name running backs cut. I think they brought in Bobby Rainey, didn't they, if I'm not mistaken. But, if they don't bring somebody else in, is this just an absolute bonanza for Terrence West, an absolute bonanza for Danny Woodhead, which that's kind of the way I'm leaning if I have to pick one. What does this do for you with the running, the Ravens running back situation in your eyes? Well, a lot of it depends on Flacco, like we just mentioned. Well, that's a big one, right. And, look, I think his team's a mess. And – they're they're right there in it cellar dwellers with Cleveland right now and maybe all by themselves in the cellar this year. Well, if Flacco Things, ends up being yeah a lingering issue. Certainly. Hey, look, Cleveland's not the next coming of, of Vince Lombardi's Packers, but they did improve over the draft, and, and I think they've got. I feel like we've said that about the last six years. <laughs> no, I've been saying that about Jacksonville for the last well, couple. They're, of years, they're the worst example of it, well, right? You know, defensively they've been doing fine. Offensively, it looks like they've got plenty of pieces of puzzle. But we got Blake. Yeah, that's <laughs> the big news. He threw five interceptions on Saturday. Did you see that? In, yeah, in one drill. It just, maybe he's still on the sauce, but <laughs> I don't know. It's but with like... Baltimore, I think this is all of this. Quite frankly, all of this chaos, Rick, actually feels like if he's healthy, and that, that's probably pretty big. If if he's healthy, that does sound like. Big, big news for Danny Woodhead to me. Isn't that right where he fits in? Right. We've seen him. You don't think of him as that guy, but he can finish around the goal line. They're going to find ways to get the ball in his hands. Yeah, I was kind of cool on Woodhead. Number one, coming off of the injury, you certainly worry about that, and I still am concerned about that. But also, a lot of as excited as I was about Kenneth Dixon – a lot of Dixon's skill sets matched up with Woodhead's, which I sort of held down Woodhead for me. Now you take him out. You got Terrence West, who's a you know a three yard per carry slamming into the line. Sean guy. Green. There we go. It's perfect. Sean <laughs> Green. Three yards and a cloud of suck. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have a show named that? Yeah. One? <laughs> yep. Sean Green. How does that name keep coming up? I don't but, know. <laughs> Yeah, you threw me completely off. Yeah, we can't remember. We can't remember like 
Ray Nitschke if we're telling yeah. a story. But, boy, we can pull oh, out Sean, Sean Green, Green or bring, yeah. bring Sean Green right to the forefront. <laughs> but that's what Terrence West's role is going to be. And look at it last year, early on, when he was his show. Remember, he came out of the gates just smoking. You know, we could look right. back at his game log and see what it was. But he was rolling and then just not even a steady decline. Just he fell off the side of the mountain as the year went on. Yep. So that's who Terrence West is going to be. And I feel like, without having any statistics in front of me, I feel like he did that in Cleveland a couple times times as well where he'd show some flash so he's just not that guy so if they don't bring in a big name guy if Jamal Charles doesn't get cut if Carlos Hyde doesn't get cut you know whatever you think about Ryan Matthews he certainly is going to get cut but there's a lot of question whether or not he's going to be healthy if they don't bring in some other brand name running back or have somebody mired in that depth chart that we don't know anything about and this happens every year in the NFL right some running back Rick you've never heard of yeah shows up yeah he's still around presumably (laughs) yeah if one of those guys doesn't come to the forefront and it's three yards in a cloud of suck from Terrence West, and now here's Danny Woodhead, and now you've got issues moving the ball. Your quarterback's not healthy. You've got 19 tight ends on injured reserve. All these problems going on. I think that is perfect from a fantasy standpoint for a Danny Woodhead. It all of a sudden becomes the Danny Woodhead show offensively for Baltimore. It could be. I mean, he could be – you just have to monitor a lot of the injuries, the way Joe Flacco progresses with this back. But I tell you what, this this back thing is scary. We'll we'll get into um, Williams a little bit in in Los Angeles, the Chargers. You know, there he is coming in, slip disc. Right. You know, and all of a sudden, well, they're going to have surgery. No, I'm not going to have surgery. But now they're saying he's going to miss all of camp. And – Bad for a rookie wise. Yeah, you you have a rookie that's not going to have surgery, but he's missing all of training camp. So he's banged up and he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Right. So it doesn't bode well for him. No, so I mean, but but the Chargers, let's face it, and and, this is a pretty good segue going into the West. You know, I don't want to start covering them right away, but they've got Keenan Allen if he can stay healthy, Inman, they've got Ty Williams, and they've got um, Calvin, not Calvin Benjamin, Travis Benjamin. They'd probably like to have Kelvin. Yeah, they'd probably like to. But, you know, they, they've got decent depth at the, yeah. at the wide receiving court. They don't need to rush now, him Mike in. Mike Williams is exciting. If, yeah, if he, he gets is. healthy and he learns that offense, that kid, I've seen him play in person, and he is a dynamic, dynamic wide receiver. And we've all seen him in the yes. national championship games and the, and the things he can do. But, yeah, this, this is bad news. It, does it sound to me like he's avoiding surgery that they feel like he should? I don't know where those initial reports came from. I don't but it know. It makes sense to me. It almost sounds like this year is going to be a complete wash at this point. But I don't know. Once you start rooting around in the back, there's no turning back either. Do you know anybody who's ever had a back surgery who didn't? Who's only had one? <laughs> it feels like everybody I know who has back surgery has multiple. It seems that way, especially you know in this kind of you know arena, but. I don't know. We just have to keep an eye on him. I mean, if it's a, you know, it's a serious issue, they're going to have to do something with him. I mean, they've got a lot invested in him as a rookie. They don't. You don't want to rush him out there. Obviously, number one, like you said, he's a rookie. Doesn't really know the offense and playbook to boot with everything else. So why do you? You know, I can't see yeah. this destroying. You know, I. I it's but, a weird situation. But the Chargers have been known to do some weird stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, they're, they are the Chargers. But we are going to cover the AFC West All right. while we have time on right. this show, I guess. I don't know how much time we have left. We still, of course, Alejandro still often – did he pop up on Twitter or something? You yes. said he's been in Siberia. Is that true? Yes, they're on tour in Siberia with a competitive interpretive dance. He uh, – Send us a photo, and maybe we ought to, uh, you know, kind of stick it out on our Twitter feed too. The the medals and trophies that he's won. Oh, so he's been successful. Oh my, yes, and well, that's uh, good. Alejandro is going to try to make it back to the control room at least on a limited basis. So he just assumes we're going to hire him back. I mean, we will if he brings beer, but he it seems, nah, seems sort of presumptuous. He'll bring right? beer. He sent Russian sardines. <laughs> oh God. And- I've never eaten a sardine. I can't get past the smell. Well, you look at me like you're stunned. Like I should have eaten a sardine. I am stunned. I'm totally stunned. I it's love just, sardines. I have eaten sardines. It's by... like a whole little fish. That, that's nasty. Oh, it's delicious. No. Yes, they are. What's it taste like? Well, it doesn't taste like chicken. Let me well, tell everything you that. tastes <laughs> like t- chicken. No, they, it, 
I don't know how to describe. Are they describe pickled? Or are they what are they? Well, you can get them. <clears throat> well, it looks me. like a minnow. Did you ever go fishing and grab a minnow and think, Ah, that looks good. I yeah. eat that. You I eat ha- minnow? I have, you know, on a dare. But you know, like you living old... on that commune or something. <laughs> some weird <laughs> no, stuff no happened. Weird stuff but happens you can, on the you commune. You can get sardines in. They they put them in oil. They pack them in oil. Right. Which I I'm, I don't care for because it's just basically an oily fish that way. You can get them in mustard, which is my favorite. Well, wouldn't it be a mustardy fish then? Well, yeah, but mustard and fish go together quite well. They yeah. have them in tomato sauce. They have them in hot sauce. Um, you know, it's just a marvelous treat the whole way around. <laughs> um, in fact, um, yeah. no one is yeah. in the world has ever referred to a sardine as a marvelous treat. Now, the good news is I know exactly what we're naming this episode. If you head over to AsylumFantasySports.com, a marvelous treat. It is. I mean, it, I mean have you never eaten? Have you never eaten a freaking Snickers bar? I don't like Snickers sardines. Bars. I don't a like marvelous Snickers. treat. How about Doritos? Did you ever eat a Dorito? I don't like pile? Doritos. What the- <laughs> I so know. you're eating mustardy fish, and you won't eat a freaking Dorito or I'll a Snickers bar. I'll eat a Dorito, ball. but I don't care. But I don't care for them. Oh my god! So and I don't like sweet. I don't eat candy. I don't. I don't eat sweets. And you, by looking at me, you'd never know it. <laughs> so you just eat twenty pounds of mustardy fish a night. I mean, what's I get, happening over there? I eat fish. <laughs> I eat steak. I eat chicken. I eat ground beef. Well, see, I'm good I, with all of that, but well, I don't know where the canned fish come in. Well, they're sardines. I understand what they are. We've established Ask a dolphin. That. I mean, they love them. <laughs> so you're comparing yourself to a dolphin. Well, they're very intelligent mammals. Or your boy uh, Snooty, right? He probably likes sardines. And. Oh, you got a Snooty the asylum Make is, it quick, Rick. we got to get to the preview. <laughs> the asylum is nothing if not thorough. And if oh, you recall, so you, you did a deep dive. <laughs> if you recall last week, ladies and gentlemen, we reported on the oldest manatee. 69-year-old Snooty died shortly after his birthday party by getting stuck Here he goes again. In a tube. Which, <laughs> this which kills Rick. Kills it. Well, no, it killed Snooty. But, <laughs> but what really gets me is you would think in this big aquarium. Right. You have a 69-year-old manatee, okay? Right. The thing weighs three hundred or 1,300 pounds. They've known this for, what, 30 years anyway, that this thing's pretty big. You would think somebody okay. noticed, yeah. I mean, I'm no marine biologist. In this but. aquarium, there is like this hallway that goes down a narrow thing into the plumbing. Right. And it's full, you know, it's in the aquarium under the water. It's like a tube, right? A tube full, you know, and it goes to the plumbing. No one over the last... God knows how many decades that this thing's been swimming around in there. Did it ever occur to any genius that, hey, this thing's pretty fat. If he goes down <laughs> that tube, he's not going to be able to get turned around. That's a fair point. But Snooty did and died. Can they not go backwards? But No, I they can't so. swim backwards. Well, but, but anyway. How would I know that? You said that like I'm an idiot for asking <laughs> after, it. How the hell would I know that? After poor Snooty. Oh, no, not another one. No, there's a petition in Bradenton, oh, Florida. Christ, dude, All right, is calling for a memorial. Oh no, they went. To- <laughs> oh jeez. Now, they're calling for a memorial of Confederate veterans to be, be replaced with a statue of the beloved Snooty the Manatee. <laughs> Wait, what? Who died <laughs> in a tragic tank accident at the weekend, only days after celebrating his 69th birthday. Local media reports that thousands have signed the petition, which is the brainchild of local resident Anthony Positeri. I bet Anthony's a hoot at parties. Quoting so. Anthony, Here we go. Snooty the Manatee has been a symbol of Bradenton, Florida for almost 70 years. He suddenly passed away on July 23, 2017, and was the oldest living manatee on record in the world. Well, obviously he was because they, you know, you can't age them out in the ocean. You, you dope. wouldn't think. Subsequently, there is a Confederate memorial statue that stands directly in front of the old courthouse, just blocks away from the aquarium where Snooty resided. 
To honor Snooty's legacy as a positive icon in Bradenton, I propose that the negative symbol of racism and oppression that is a Confederate monument be relocated and replaced with a statue of Snooty the Manatee. Why not do two birds with one stone, he told the paper. Well, is Poindexter there going to pay for it, or does he want the fine residents of Bradenton to pay for it? I think well, that's my problem with it. You could throw up statues all over town well, if you want to pay for it, pal. Of course, they're not saying how it would be paid for. I mean, we're not even going down the road of how no, I feel about tearing down every no, monument in the is, country, pretending like the past didn't happen because you didn't like it now. That wasn't the point. I understand. The it's, point is, it's a freaking manatee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, what are they going to do with this uh, the statue? Have his eyes bulging out with the last bubble coming out oh, of his mouth? Now, or Rick, what? you can't say that. Now, come on. You've already offended so many people with your great no. joy you take in the unfortunate no, passing. No, I love of... manatees. I think they're very peaceful animals. I didn't know what a manatee was until last week when well, you told know, this story, to show, so I'm, I'm a bad example of this. No, and I mean, I like all that. You know, I love seals you put seals up a statue for every dead that's my point. varmint in the zoo? I mean, come on. What are you going to do? I, yeah, that's dumb. Let's get to the AFC West rig. I think that's a good segue, right? <laughs> you all right over there? Yeah, buddy. All right, let's do it. <laughs> AFC West. That what was a perfect, Dave. What a perfect segue right there. All right, here we From go. From Bradenton, Florida, the AFC West. Yeah, well, heading out west to Los Angeles. No, this is Oakland still. I wanted to go. I want to go with the Raiders, Rick, and I All almost right. called them the LA. Every other team's in Los Angeles, but the Raiders aren't anymore. I think clearing away the favorite in this division. We all know how I feel about Derek Carr. Am I crazy? I, I did that show with our buddy Dan Claskins a few weeks ago. I did his podcast. Let him know that I currently have David Carr ranked number three in my quarterback ratings, and he, he thought I needed to be committed. Am I absolutely nuts to believe this? To have him at three, I believe so. Uh, I, I can't put him ahead of Aaron Rodgers. I can't put him ahead of Brady. I can't put him ahead of Breeze. I can't put him ahead of Matt Ryan. Fantasy numbers, I, I think I can. No, I can't. No. no. Um, let's see. Who else? I can pull up some ADPs real quick here just to – I mean, I mentioned four that I definitely would have ahead of him here at QB for quarterbacks. Oh, is that what that stands for? Okay, I get. I have him ahead of Luck, obviously. I mean, I'll tell you what, I've been tweeting out all last week. I mean, if, if Andrew Luck isn't oozing red flags to you oh, right no. now. It's, it's bad. It's he bad ought to be. news. I don't know what site you're on, but my ADP goes to four. Huh. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Well, have right it. now, he's moved up. He's moved up. He's he's up to. Uh, oh, for God's sake, with the updates on these computers, good lord! Right now, he's moved up to sixth in quarterback ADP. So ahead of him are Rodgers, which I have ahead of him. Yeah. Brady, who I have ahead of him. Then Breeze and Ryan, and then Luck. You could completely throw Luck out. Oh, Why we're still drafting th- Luck as the fifth quarterback with everything going on with him and Indianapolis yeah. is crazy. And then. Derek Derek Carr's right there ahead of Wilson, Roethlisberger, Cousins, Winston, Newton, Mariota. I think there's a big drop-off. I think wherever you want yeah, to put I, him. I have Carr. Uh, okay, let's put it this I way. Would, Carr's in the top him at tier five. now. I'll put him at okay. five then. I mean, because, yeah, I'm with you. I have luck out. And I'll tell you, guy, I do have Mariota up yeah, there. Yeah, I have him up a lot higher than everybody else. But I have him seven or eight. No, I can't remember. I don't but I don't think he – no, I, I, you're right. I have Carr at five. I mean, no, committed, certainly not. I don't – I can't put them at three. I mean, even with that Super Bowl collapse, I think the I think the the Falcons are going to be very potent. Matt Ryan's going to be throwing up points. And who'd you have them ahead of? Breeze, Breeze, and Ryan. Yeah, I, would I be can't the two put them that I have them ahead of that, that you don't have there. All right, so I think the biggest one when you're talking about. But what are they going to call? Carr, Cooper, and Crabtree. Well, that's a good point. I mean, I they have to, we have to come up with something. You can't just say the three C's. There's a right, or, right down here, Rick, right down from the studio, the pizza joint in this one-horse town yeah. I live in. It's called Three C's Pizza. Yeah. So we could take a picture of that and load that up if you wanted. But, yeah, yeah that's cheesy, but you need something better. <laughs> pizza, cheesy, yeah. <laughs> Get it, walk a walk Walk a walk But But they got to come up with something. I mean, they've... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They've had killer bees and yeah. all this, that, and the other. And I did the uh, early on last year. I did my ABCs with Antonio, Benjamin, and Cooper, thinking oh, that yeah. was just going to waltz me to a title. It didn't and it happen. 
yeah, consequently collapse. Yeah, that's what you do. You always win draft. You're like the Redskins. You win the offseason. You win draft day. And then when we actually put on the pads and blow the whistle, things tend to get a little sideways, a little haywire. But at least you win something, right? I mean, that's good. I don't know what you call them. I use C's in a completely different context on this show, Rick, if if you recall. So I got to be careful with that one. But uh, I don't think you can talk about Derek. We can debate if Carr's three, four, five, or six, nah, right? Yeah. That's a stupid discussion. He's certainly Derek Carr's a top, elite. top level elite fantasy quarterback now. It all comes down to me, Rick, with this Raider teams. Or what are your realistic expectations for you know who? Hell yeah. That that's one key that I actually um, it just comes to mind to me when you're talking about Oakland. Lynch doesn't have to be beast mode anymore. No, all, I don't think he can be. All they have to be, all all Lynch and Jalen Richard have to do is present or basically create a running threat. Right. And they can do that. Yeah. That's easy enough. I mean, that they were, what, last year, they were sixth in rushing in the league with Latavius Murray. They can certainly achieve that again this year with Marshawn Lynch and Jalen Richard. So – I'm looking for about 11, 1,200 yards out of Lynch. You think that high? I think so. They've Here's got a good line, and they've got a great passing attack. I'm and just about that action, boss. You bet you better believe it. And they'll be able to run the football. Yeah, I, I just wonder. Here's my concerns with him. And, and 1,100 yards isn't well, no, that much no. when you're talking 16 games. No, it's really not. I don't think he's going to play 16 games, first of all. But that's impossible True. to predict. I can just throw that out there, and it's freaking meaningless. And I, I completely understand that. Here's my problem with Marshawn Lynch. I'm scanning through here. Right now his ADP is at first pick of the third round, RB12. That seems crazy high to me. Here's here's why. The, the, the big issue was he didn't play last season. I don't know if you recall that, Rick. My, my crack research staff unearthed that little nugget. Really? All right? He didn't play in 2016. No kidding. So, so wow. if you didn't know that, you're welcome. How about in 2015, Rick? He only played seven games and carried the ball 111 times. Right. So it's been since 2014 that he was beast mode, that he was a full-time running back where he was, uh, what was it, 1,300 yards and 13 TDs, which is respectable, but still not. I mean, that's RB1 numbers, right, with the 13 touchdowns. But this isn't the second coming of LaDainian Tomlinson. So then he's basically taking a year and a half off, shows up in this new situation. for it. To consider him a number one fantasy running back just seems awfully, awfully high to me. I would be comfortable with him at my number two if I got him about two or three rounds later than the third round. I'm not going to pay a third round draft, the first pick of the third round, so a late second, early third round pick on this guy. There's just too many question marks. I agree. And, look, let's face it, last year Latavius Murray had, what, the 12 touchdowns, 12 rushing touchdowns, something like that, that, which made him certainly – you know, a, a top-notch running back, but I'm not even sure if he was running back one in scoring. Oh, I wouldn't think so. I mean, he was over 1,000 yards and he had the 12 touchdowns, but, you know, even at that, he, was, he wasn't RB1 numbers. So, I mean, that that's what yeah, so let's I agree, say- I'm agreeing with you is, is what I'm trying to get to in my roundabout way. But I'm looking here right now, he's RB10 on the one that I'm looking at. We can play the little game. Oh, yeah. Marshawn Lynch or Gurley? Gurley. Marshawn Lynch, Fournette. Oh, Fournette easily. He's ahead of both these guys in, in his current ADP. Those are the two right in front of him on the one I'm looking at. But either way, it okay, doesn't matter. Uh, okay, Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller. Oh, yeah. Okay, here's one that I would waffle on. I would probably take Lynch is Christian McCaffrey. I don't know if I'm buying. There's a lot of hype coming out of, for McCaffrey early on in camp here. I'd probably take McCaffrey in a PPR format. Certainly, I would rather count on McCaffrey's catches than sitting around praying Marshawn Lynch gets double-digit touchdowns. And here's one that's that's baffling me. He's not seeming to really move much. He's sitting at RB15 behind McCaffrey, behind Gurley. And I'm certainly taking him over both these guys is Isaiah Crowell. Yeah, yeah. 
He's young. He's, yeah, I got Crowell ahead of Lynch. So, I mean, let's go through on the one I have. So after Lynch, you have Miller, which we like Miller. Crowell, I like Crowell. Montgomery, I got Ty Montgomery over Lynch. Or do you agree with that? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I, I, I'm very close. I'm. I want to believe in Lynch because I love this offense, and I think oh, if, I if love. he's even seventy percent of what he was. I mean, they have a shot to, to the title. They well, really quite do. Quite frankly, and that's sort of what I wanted to wrap this up on. The I'm defense sure we're, worries me. But. I'm, yeah, and I'm sure we're running out of time. So let's go ahead and wrap it up with this. This Marshawn Lynch move is better for the Raiders than it is your fantasy football team. Right. And I think we're getting caught up in the hype because he says cool stuff like this. I ain't never seen no talking with me, nothing. And he does the funny commercials, and he's a whack job, and he's just it's so cool, and he's on a really great offense. He's going to be a huge contributor to the Raiders winning that division and possibly competing with the Patriots to win that conference. But I don't think that translates into the fantasy success that everyone thinks it does. Not Might not be. I so, mean, could be loaded with touchdowns. Well, though, yeah, so. that's possible. If we get the double-digit touchdowns, then he is a, an RB, too. All right, let's move on to Kansas City, Rick, your second home, and take a look at the Chiefs. <sighs> yeah, uh, K- Kansas City, look, I don't know how they did it last year. I, I really don't. Um, they had the 24th-ranked defense in the league, 26th against a run, 18 against a pass, and their offense was 20th in the league. I mean, I, I, they put it together. I mean, Andy Reid can throw it together. There's no doubt about it, especially in the regular season. I just don't think looking at the West, with the, with the defense they have in Denver, with Oakland really starting to come alive, with decent health, the Chargers have really retooled that offense. Right. You know, through attrition because Keenan Allen injuries and, and so forth. I don't see them much higher in third. Yeah. I, I, I And I'm not sure that they're going to be that high. Now, they're going to go out and they're going to win nine or ten games because somehow that's just what Andy Reid does. He, he can't win a championship, but he somehow – with spit and duct tape, is able to put these teams into the playoffs. I, I would think, I don't know, we'll get to our predictions later. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Spencer Ware, Kareem Hunt. We'll just have to see what that breakdown looks like when the season comes. It's going to be Spencer Ware early. The only question at the running back position is, can Hunt start earning more and more carries as the year goes on? All right, can we consider that matter closed? I'm not going to sit here and predict when or how it's going to happen. I Yeah, I mean, you know, unless Ware can – can maintain a decent start like he had last yeah, we've year. We've seen him in bursts. Yeah. Like he could be a top 10 fantasy back. He never extends it out. He gets nicked up, has a few bad games, starts putting the ball on the ground. Something happens. But what always, but what seems to be, to me, the problem in Kansas City is you look at Kansas City, you have Travis Kelsey, obviously. Sky's the limit for this cat, right, with no other weapons in town. But that's basically it. I mean, you Bingo. have Alex Smith, and you have basically not a whole lot at wide receiver. I mean, I, I'm not convinced that with Macklin gone that you can you can get these numbers that they had even before, right. which were mediocre. Right, right. I mean, it's Kelsey or bust. When now, it gets right down to it. Now, who's interesting here is Tyreek Hill. I like Tyreek Hill. And he's bumped up to wide receiver 23, according to Fantasy Football Calculator. I thought he would be lower, and I was going to sit here and argue that he was going to be a value. And he's ticking higher and higher. And I think it's just a matter of, for a complete and utter lack of weapons not named Travis Kelsey or whatever the running back du jour is there in Kansas City, there are no other playmakers on that team, Rick. Absolutely none. You can get the ball in Hill's hand, run, running the ball, catching the ball in the return game. I think he's a good, solid fantasy football player. He's not a plug-em-in, lock-em-down-every-week stud. Make no mistake about it. 
what I'm looking for in later rounds, so he's going at wide receiver 23, end of the fourth round, feels a little early for me looking at a Tyreek Hill, although I feel like in your home leagues not as many people are familiar with Tyreek Hill, so I think you can get a better value. That's the kind of guy I like to have just based on opportunity. They're going to have to find creative ways to move the ball. He's a creative, quick type of player that if you get the ball in his hand any given time, he could be gone. So Hill's a guy I am targeting it, yeah, and he's versatile. You can move him around, right. you know, and and he makes plays. He, he's just not a slot guy or whatever. You can move him all over the place. Alex Smith is, he. I mean, if there's a description, a definition of a vanilla quarterback, oh, I mean, it, it's Alex Smith. He doesn't. It's like obvious, week one of the preseason every week for him. Yeah, I, and but Andy Reid seems to believe in him. They made made it to the playoffs last year. He doesn't make stupid mistakes. Fantasy-wise, I don't think it translates. I I love Travis Kelsey. I like Hill. And I'm so-so on where. I mean, certainly not going to avoid him to at least have him on my roster. I'll go after Hunt before – not before where, but if if I'm going to have a Kansas City running back. Especially in a keeper league, dynasty league, that's not even a discussion. But even in a redraft league, a hunt's a guy I wouldn't mind drafting and stashing for a while and, and I'm see cu- what happens. And there. I'm curious if Kansas City can can maintain any momentum that they had from last year. I, I seriously doubt they can keep up with this division. I don't feel like the loss of Macklin was that big of a loss, so I don't know why I'm so down on I Well, I do know why I'm down on him. What I don't know is how they were as good as they were last season, I guess, is the point, right? I I think that's what it comes down to. To me, it is. I mean, in fact, I lamented last year on the show, uh, the 26th-ranked defense yeah. in the league, and here they are. They've won seven in a row or whatever it is. Yeah, I don't look know up how and they, they scored 30 points, and nobody on offense had more than seven fantasy points. <laughs> it just never made any <laughs> sense whatsoever. But but it is what it is. I hate that phrase, but we'll use it there with the Chiefs. Let's move ahead out to L.A., not San Diego, my friend, and the Chargers. Well, I'll give you the floor. The Chargers always seem to be uh, your team. That's your account somehow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how, but I'll tell you what. We we kind of hit on him. I wouldn't be throwing a whole lot of chips in on Mike Williams this year. No, I, he, I, it's, he's finito. I mean, he was so much hype to start with. They drafted him and everything. I, I'm worried about this back. We've already kind of hit Keenan Allen. His health is huge, yeah, but I, he's a big question mark. Sky's the limit for this cat. I mean, boy, he's talented, and, and him and Rivers seem to connect a lot. Dontrell Inman. I kind of like Dontrell Inman just because he's the big guy. He's six foot three. He's the one that that I guess is capable of really getting up and getting it. I mean, Travis Benjamin's pretty di- diminutive, um, but he's healthy. He's he's come back, um, which I didn't even really know that he had a strained PCL most of the year last year. It's off season surgery on it. He's back. I mean, you have a quick. Travis Benjamin, who is very, I mean, a healthy Travis Benjamin, who's quick, right. kind of slick, you know, like a, there's a lot of weapons at his disposal. And you know what? I think he, you're missing the obvious ones, Ty Williams, Ray. Oh, I was getting to Ty oh, Williams. I'm sorry. Go you ahead. know, I told you to go and then no. I stomped all over. Well, That's yeah. kind of my bit. No, he's got weapons. I said, and then you throw in a Ty Williams who really emerged last year when all these guys, well, not so much Inman, but but Allen and Travis Benjamin, they, you know, Allen was out. Benjamin, well, he out got outplayed. He got outplayed because he was hurt. Ty Williams really exploded onto the scene. They got four legitimate weapons right. that Rivers has passed through, and let's not forget Melvin Gordon. And what if Mike Williams is healthy? You know, not one of those guys is getting squeezed out. Exactly. We know what Mike Williams – I don't think he's going to be, and let's but they're not, weapons. And we haven't mentioned, by the way, Hunter Henry looks like the heir apparent – to Antonio Gates, who, by the way, is still there. Yeah, so, so there's tight end weapons that Phil Rivers can can throw to. And they have the 16th-ranked defense in the league last year. Middle of the pack, but they got a, they've got a plethora that, of weapons. A, with a good offense. So so that, that, those are the good things, and that's the positive spin. I, I write all of my 
my takes in more of a negative light because that, that's my bit. Right. So let's talk about – well, this isn't negative. I just want to point out Tyrell Williams, 1,059 yards, seven TDs last season. Now, Keenan Allen wasn't in town. What I found interesting was he did all that on 69 catches. So you're looking at a big play receiver here. Right. And that plays really, really well with a guy like Keenan Allen. Let's assume we everything you say about Keenan Allen is under the shadow of if he's healthy, right? We all know that. Well, yeah, so let's, course. for the purposes of this conversation, assume he plays 12 to 14 games. So if you have a guy like him who could be a possession guy, the true number one star receiver, you got a guy with the big play capability of a, of a Williams, that's big. And he could put up very similar numbers with Keenan Allen back. I, I think it, if it hurts anybody, maybe it hurts Inman in terms of getting less work because Keenan Allen's back. I think Williams could put up these numbers with a Williams there. I don't think this is what he puts up as the de facto number one wide receiver. He looks like, based on the numbers, a big play type of guy. So you, you, ding, you just beat him up with Keenan Allen all the way up and down the field, and then pop, pop, there's Ty Williams, right? You start paying too much attention to right. Keenan Allen. So there's that. Melvin Gordon, I want to talk about Melvin Gordon. Is Melvin Gordon really the number five running back to you, Rick? Is he really? You know, I, I can't bring myself to do it. No, I've really been juggling around with this cat. And, you know, we have to go back in time, and people that have listened to us know two years ago when he scored zero touchdowns, yours truly and my compadre across from me, we were probably the biggest – supporters of this guy. Melvin Gordon's terrible. The guy ran hard, which is one reason why I really like Crowell from a couple of years ago moving forward. But Melvin Gordon always ran hard. He he looked like he was all in. And just San Diego, they just couldn't seem to get it. But last year with all the touchdowns, he looked great, but he's still under 1,000 yards. Even if he stayed healthy, what? 1,100 yards, maybe. That was my big point. 3.9 yards of carry, Rick. Right. Well, we consider it his breakout year that took him from an afterthought to RB5 in fantasy football to the 10th pick of the first round based on 3.9 yards of carry. Look, then 10, t- 10 TDs were beautiful. Yeah. And even if he duplicates those, if he continues to average 3.9 yards per carry, he is not the fifth fantasy running back. I'm not going to pay the price on. Look, look who's after him. I'm going to take Freeman over him. I'm going to take Ajayi over him. I'm going to take Howard over him. Now I'll probably take Fournette over him. Now we're getting into the Gurley Lynch Miller. Maybe I take Gordon ahead of those guys, but I've got him a full four or five slots further down, and I don't even feel good about him in that place. You don't have him. You don't feel good at what you say. What you have him at RB ten. Well, probably. I don't remember. I don't have my I, – I could pull up my rankings. I did them so long ago. I need to update them. Well, I mean, but but you don't think he's a top ten running back, I guess, I'm basically. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced, Rick. Now, there, here's what he has going for him, which I always value in a fantasy draft. What he has going for him is the fact that there's nobody else in town, right? Absolutely nobody. Where do I have him? I have well, him. Nobody going to challenge him. That's no, for sure. That that's the point. So you got to like him there. I got him at nine. All right. And I actually have Fournette below him. I think in the meantime, I'm going to move Fournette back up ahead of him. So yeah, I probably have him at at ten. But where it? I guess the question is, where's the tenth running back going? Let me have a look here. Uh, Gurley's going at the eighth pick of the second round. Yeah, if he fell that far, I'd take Melvin Gordon. But he's not going to fall that far. Is my point. Eighth pick of the second round is what you have? Would be the number 10 running back chosen based on current ADPs. Really? Hmm. What are you looking at? It's got four players on no, it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm on a different site here. I mean, he's at RB6. and um, So they have Freeman ahead of him, I'm assuming. No, actually, no. They have uh, DeMarco Murray. Oh, wow. Ahead okay. of Melvin Gordon in this Right now, they have, you know, obviously Johnson, Bell, Elliott, Shady McCoy, DeMarco Murray, Melvin Gordon, Devontae Freeman. I'm taking Freeman over Gordon all day. IJE, Jordan Howard's nine. Lynch is 10, which I think is too high. Fournette is 11, and Gurley rounds at 12. Boy, I tell you what, there's. There's a lot of belief in, in the Rams and Todd Gurley again this year. 
Well, we'll get to that next episode. Yeah, I Rick. know. Let's, I uh, know. We got about five well, we got, minutes. We left got Denver here. to cover anyway. All right, so we we good with Chargers. I did want to ask you. Well, I mean, there's there's a, a ton of yeah. fantasy weapons yeah, on the Chargers. If we have to run over run over a little bit, Hunter Henry, you talked about him. Antonio Gates still in town. What, what do you make of that whole situation? Does Gates have value? Is is Henry as valuable as he's getting drafted as based on Gates being there? And if either way, does Gates have much value for you? I'm, I really like Hunter Henry, but I think you really have to factor in the Gates factor as so. long he's as he's healthy. there. Yeah. The rapport, he, he and Phil Rivers owe, basically owes his entire career to Antonio Gates. Yeah. If he's healthy and he can perform, that's not going to be forgotten in this offense. It's not going to happen. No, and they know each other. And he can get the ball to Gates. Let's face it. I mean, that, you know, you, you put, what, 10 years together mm-hmm. doing the same thing. And, and, I mean, you start to rely on, on one another. And, get, like you said, Gates is healthy. You have to take him into consideration. But I really like Hunter Henry um, going forward. Rivers is a lot like Ben. What happens to San Diego when he goes, Lord only knows. Oh. <laughs> but right now we're talking about 2017. They just made a trade for Cardell Jones. That tells <laughs> you what their quarterback situation exactly. is like. So – but no, yes, I think he has value. You're talking about Antonio Gates, and I think he's going to take away some of the value of Hunter. It Henry. moves me off of Henry a little bit. Now Henry isn't getting drafted ridiculously high. No, I think where he's going, I'd feel comfortable taking him. But it, it gives me pause. It certainly gives me pause. So moving on real quickly, Rick to the Broncos. Not a ton to talk about here from a fantasy football standpoint. If I'm if I'm in the market for Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders, do I even care if it's Lynch or Simeon? That's my only conversation I care about with this quarterback battle. Yeah, I mean, I really don't. I don't know. I don't I, think it matters. No, I mean, in in the Scott Fishbowl, I actually pick Paxton Lynch. Just you know, to, I think he's like my fourth quarterback on my roster because we may need him. So. I mean, he may be starting, so, you know, it's a starting quarterback. But let's face it, we, we hit it at the very top of the, of the show. This is one of the defenses you want if, if you yeah. play defenses in fantasy football. If they're going to win four games, it's going to be because of the defense. Yeah, and, I mean, you want Demarius Thomas. You want Manny Sanders. Now, do you want C.J. Anderson? That's one of the questions. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I know we're over time. Apologies to the Arena Sports Network. We'll, we'll, we will probably won't tighten it up. This will keep happening. Feel free to cut us off at the hour mark if you have to. <laughs> C.J. Anderson, I'll tell you this much. He's got a chance to put a stranglehold on this job. Devontae Booker going to miss at least six weeks with that wrist surgery. Jamal Charles, they are just babying him back then. Oh, and the quotes coming eight, eight to ten touches in a game. And the quotes coming out of Denver are they don't want him to be good in September. They want him to be good in November. So that tells you what their long term plan is for him. And I saw some rumblings today, even that he they ain't convinced he's gonna make the squad. So wouldn't surprise me. CJ Anderson has the opportunity to grab this job. And then by virtue of possibly being the only game in town, he has some value. And look, I don't we know how I feel about CJ Anderson. He'll get on rolls, right? He he's a great skill set. You look at him. The kid's a great running back. Just can't seem to put it together. He can catch the ball. He's a good one cut runner. He hasn't been able to string it together. But here he is going at running back number 26. Now all of a sudden, in what you felt was a little bit of a crowded backfield three weeks ago, now you feel like he's the man. You know, at that price point, you know, with a 26th overall running back, sixth round running back, I'd take a chance in CJ oh, Anderson. With a there. price tag like that, I am not running away from CJ Anderson. I'm running towards him, quite frankly. And there's so much I'm, I'm looking at, at my ADP he's at, at, at 23 but I'm looking at some of the guys ahead of him and I'm telling you I'm taking Anderson over them Spencer Ware is one of them yeah and not not so much that I, I like his skill set better than Ware but I like I just like his workload I, I think it's just going to be 
heavy. Yeah, if you look like at the guy said. right above him, Amir Abdullah. I mean, come on, that's C.J. Anderson. It's not even close. Dalvin Cook, I have Cook way higher, but I got him ahead of Peterson, ahead of Gillisley. Hell, Doug Martin's going to miss time, and now they're saying he's not even guaranteed his job when he comes back, depending on how everyone else right. is performing there. You know, Woodhead, Woodhead's interesting after everything we talked about at the beginning of the show, where I am ahead of. So, yeah, I think C.J. Anderson, I don't know what the – I don't know what the results will be, but the opportunity are going to be there. And now we're talking about a running back three with the ability, with the opportunity to get the chances that he's going to get. Oh, I am all over that. I'm, I'm with you 100%. All right, Rick, we have got We've to start to wrapping go. this thing up. So rank them, list them. What, what order is that finishing for? Oakland. Yeah, easy. And I'm going on a limb, San Diego. I have them at two. Denver, Kansas City. I got Kansas City ahead of Denver. <laughs> and I said San Diego. I, oh, Los Angeles. Los An- we're going to say San Diego all season. No doubt about it. But, uh, we are Fligger and Briggs. We apologize for running over. Thanks for joining us here in the asylum. Stay tuned. Later in the week, we will be covering the NFC West, and we will be heading to Canton, and we will be supplementing our regular shows into the Arena Sports Network with some stuff – Probably not live, but certainly very recent material covered, sent to uh, be broadcast. We're going to have videos on our uh, blog, or not blog, YouTube, YouTube channel. So uh, just keep looking for the tweeter. We'll be setting, putting it out. Thanks so much for listening. We I will. can't talk when yeah. I have that kind of stuff you playing can't in my ear. music. I don't no. understand it. We'll be back Thursday, day of football season starts Thursday. Rick, the Hall of Fame game. Your boys will be there, but we will broadcast first here on the Arena Sports Network at Asylum Football on Twitter, AsylumFootball at gmail.com, AsylumFantasySports.com, ArenaSportsNet.com. My God, that's a lot of plugs. Until next time, we'll see you. Talk to you from Canton. Take care. Take care. Yeah, the show doesn't end until you say take care. Take care. I I found that jarring. (laughs) I know in the past. And you're not a creature of habit, are you? And it was my fault we drifted away. (laughs) But if I had a chance to do it again, I'd stay by your side and I'd be.